Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And first of all, before we get started, I want to welcome everybody to the month of October. October is one of my favorite months of the year, and maybe it's one of yours as well. And today, we're back here in Studio B of the Tabletop Journal Studios, right outside of Baltimore, Maryland, right here on America's East Coast. This is episode number 93 of Seat Yourself, and it's published the week of October 5th, 2020. This episode of Seat Yourself, it should run approximately 30 to 35 minutes. And today, I'm excited to tell you that we're going to be joined by well-known tabletop, or should I say, well-known ex-tabletop sales executive, Seth Iadarola. Seth's going to be joining us today to discuss the timely topic of life after tabletop. Seth recently joined back-of-the-house brand Thermatech and their sister brand Dade Coolers in July as Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And with that transition out of the tabletop category, I thought it would be great to hear Seth's take on moving out of tabletop and what life is like afterwards. I also want to get Seth's take on the current state of the food service and hospitality industry. And of course, we want to hear all about the new gig at American Made Thermotech and Dade Coolers. And I'm not sure how many of you are aware of Seth's background. He's got quite a background as an operator first, as a dealer salesperson, and of course, as a sales and marketing exec for branded manufacturer Oneida. So with all of that, let's bring him in here. Let's give a big seat yourself welcome to Seth Iadarola. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Seth Idarola. Everybody give Seth a great Seat Yourself welcome. Seth, welcome to Seat Yourself in our podcast series this morning. Thanks, Dave. You and I have known each other for a bunch of years. As a former tabletop expert, and I would call you an expert after your experiences and whatever, and you've got a lot of time uh, in the saddle in the, in the tabletop sector, I'd normally be talking to you about new products and about the category, hospitality tabletop, and trends and that kind of thing. But this year... 2020 is anything but normal. And in addition to all that, you're no longer in the tabletop sector. But that's okay because I got a couple of other topics I want to talk to you about today. But before we get into all that, can you give our listeners a quick snapshot of who you are and a little bit about your background? Because it's not just as a tabletop supplier. You've got a background that goes beyond that. Sure. Well, I started in the industry about 15 years ago, working for Boston Showcase and the Star Family. They gave me great opportunities. I had no sales experience, but I worked as a waiter and bartender for many years and dealt with the public every day, which I think is a good starting point for a salesperson to actually be in the public and work with the public every day to be able to call on people and talk to people, especially at the dealer level where you're meeting new new people every day. I really owe Alan, Jack, Andy, and Matt a lot for giving me this opportunity I worked with them for several years and was very successful bringing in a lot of new customers that today are still with them. They're a great company and did me very well back then. Those customer-facing jobs are incredibly important in building a strong foundation for almost any type of career, but especially in sales. Correct. Correct. Yes. So then one day, a local Oneida rep came in to see me, and uh, we were working on a nice project in Newport, and she mentioned that Oneida was looking for a manufacturer rep. And I thought the next progression in my career was to go be a manufacturer rep. So I actually interviewed with them and, and I started off as a district sales manager and I managed all of New England. 
So all six states in New England. So it was a big jump. A lot of travel. Yeah, it was a lot of travel at first. And then you get your, you know, your bearings down and you, you, know, you meet your dealers and then they start working for you and, you know, you're making calls and stuff. So it was a lot of travel at first, but then it slows down a little bit after that. After being with Oneida for about eight years with a different couple different promotions, I and then was promoted to VP of sales for the whole Northeast. So I started off managing New York through New England and then slowly progressed down. And then right when I before I uh, left there, I was managing Washington, D.C. to Maine, five rep groups and one direct employee. It was a big job. It was um, a lot of travel, a lot of work, but I loved it. Really good. Really fun. I loved Oneida. I was there for all that time until obviously COVID hit. And then we got laid off. I was there through bankruptcy, inventory, management changes, et cetera. I actually worked with some of the best people that I've ever worked with in the industry at Oneida. Oneida was a stepping stone for a lot of people. So Yeah, Oneida is one of those great heritage brands, and it's been through an awful lot. And I would say for a young guy like you, and I still can call you a young guy, a young guy like you, that's probably like a graduate degree in business Yeah, going through that for everybody that was with that that company during a lot of those years. But it's certainly a well-known brand around the world and a great brand as well. Exactly. I think that back in, for us here at Tabletop Journal, it was sort of right off a cliff in March. Was that pretty similar for you when you were with the Oneida or Crown Brands and the Oneida uh, Hospitality Group, at, as they probably were called at that point? And how did that play out for you uh, and your customers from a front of the house standpoint? How did that first month or two of uh, lockdown play out? I mean, obviously, right around the third week of March, it just totally dried up for everybody. We all went into lockdown. And I actually was working as a bartender also at another job and they closed as well. So literally everything dried up that third week. What was really shocking to me was when, you know, I did get laid off and the computer went back to Oneida and the emails weren't rolling in at, you know, clips of a hundred plus a day. And I wasn't emailing them and I was sitting there going, well, what am I doing now? You know what I mean? I mean, luckily, I just bought a new house and had a big backyard and needed some work. And I kept, that's how I kept myself busy. Now, wait a second. For a minute there, I thought I heard you say, luckily, you just bought a new house. Well, it was luckily because that kept me busy. Oh. Uh, it wasn't really, <laughs> obviously, because the money wasn't coming in anymore. Yeah. Luckily, it was busy because that kept me busy. You know, I was working 10 to 12 hours plus a day and answering emails and, you know, obviously keeping busy with Oneida, how many, you know, the issues that were happening towards the end that they were trying to resolve. But it was just a matter of that kept me busy because it was obviously culture shock when nothing was coming in anymore. And I've been lucky through this whole thing. I actually landed with a great company three months into lockdown. And now I manage, you know, Thermatech and day coolers for all of North America. So I definitely got lucky in that situation. So. Just to circle back around to that, when everything kind of went off a cliff, as I say, um, do you remember how the kind of thinking you had? Did you think this was going to be a three or four week situation? I remember talking to a lot of manufacturers reps. We pivoted and switched gears or whatever and went right to the front lines and tried to talk to people who were dealing directly with operators. And I remember thinking that for a while, I said, well, you know, this is going to be a period of time, but it's not going to be forever. And we'll be back at it, hitting it hard, probably in June or July. And there we go. Did you have a similar feeling at the same time as well? 
I thought it would be a few months. I didn't think it would be as long as it is. I did get laid off and not furloughed. So mm-hmm. I wasn't sure that I was going back there at that point. So you had a you had a different view than, than a lot of people who were furloughed, maybe. Yeah, I had a different view because when you're looking around and I'm, uh, you know, I'm seeing Showcase or Trimark or some of these big guys when they laid off, I mean, they furloughed their guys. Yep. And then all of a sudden they, Oneida said, hey, then they laid off, they didn't furlough anybody. Obviously it was financial issues anyways. So at that point I knew, hey, I got to find something else. So, yep. I mean, I love tabletop, but I got to do what's best for the family. So I understand that, but you got to understand one thing too. I'm always going to try and recruit top talent into tabletop. That's my category, baby. And so I'm going to always try and keep a bug in your ear about coming back into tabletop. So, but I know you, you, we talked just prior to going on the, on the air here and yeah, you couldn't be happier and you're doing a great job for a new company, Thermatech. You're covering all of North America for not only Thermatech, but their, their sister company as well. Is that right? Correct. Yep. You know, obviously I cover Thermatech. Thermatech's out of Pennsylvania, American made and um, Dade coolers as well as down in Miami, Florida, as well as American made. Those are walk-in boxes and walk-in freezers, right. combo boxes. They do a great job and we are doing very well with that, with Dade coolers right now. We have people waiting for coolers. We have several being made right now. So we're doing a, ve- a very good job with that right now. So, But to be sure, you weren't looking to get out of the tabletop category. You really like tabletop. Is that right? Oh, yeah. that's It's my first love. I mean, that's where I started off in the industry. I wasn't looking to get out of it, but luckily, you know, Don was there for me and he, he you know, let me out of it. And I love this job now. So it's a combination. It helped me out, but it also helped him out. So it's a positive for both of us. It brings me into, you know, the heavy equipment side, which I used to sell back in the day. But it also helps to transition a little bit smoother with him as well because he had a he had a guy that was working for him that didn't work out. So bringing me in, we um, we changed a lot of the um, procedures, and I'm bringing my tabletop knowledge into the heavy equipment side of it. Sure, with you know like some of the procedures that we did in tabletop, and what's really good about this company is it's all American made, all made in Pennsylvania. So I'm not waiting four months for products. Mm-hmm. You know, where everything of the Oneidas side was, they didn't manufacture anything. They're not really a manufacturer. They were more of a distributor. They actually brought the product in-house. With Thermatech, we make it in-house and we just can set ship it. So it's a two to three day lead time. So it's a way different situation for me than it was at Oneida. So... With exiting Oneida, before you got to Thermatech, was there ever time that you considered getting out of food service and hospitality altogether? No, because I've been in, I've been in food service my whole life. I mean, I started off in college as a bartender and waiter. So I've been in the industry that my, literally my whole career. I like the food service industry. I'm still in it. And like I said, I still bartend one night a week. I like getting out there and being with, in front of people. Plus, I've been there so long. So, no, I definitely did not. If I couldn't have found a job in you know three to six months, I would have thought about doing it just because I don't know how the industry was going. Sure. But no, it was never a thought to actually leave tabletop. Yeah. The reason I asked the question is, is because we have a lot of people right now that are either furloughed or laid off from their companies, their situations. And I think we've talked about and tried to be, while we tried to be very, very optimistic and upbeat about the category, about food service and about hospitality, and certainly about tabletop within that, those two sectors, we've also tried to be real. And the, the reality is, particularly when it comes to hospitality tabletop, 
the pie has shrunk, at least temporarily. A lot of people are going to have to sort of rethink things. And we've talked about second chance careers and uh, new opportunities and all that for everybody. And that's the reason I asked that question, because I think that question is on a lot of people's minds right now. And and before we uh, get into uh, the second segment where I want to dive into Thermotech and day coolers, before we get into that, any advice you have for people that right now are in a place that you might have been just a couple of months ago? I think the future of this business is going to be just fine. I think things have taken a dramatic difference in the last 15 years with the online buying and everything else. But the world always continues to change and always moves forward, just reinventing itself. I think people need to adjust the way that they that we go to market in this industry and embrace the changes and go with the flow. I mean, obviously, tabletop is not what it was when Alan and Jack's dad years ago started the tabletop industry. Stuff has changed. And stuff has moved. And we just have to alter the way we go to market every day. And then you'll just continue to sell and grow as a company and, you know, expand your product knowledge and everything else. I mean, Steelite's a good example of that. You know, those guys just keep adding and bringing in new products and, and just keep reinventing themselves all the time. If something doesn't work, they get rid of things. You know what I mean? That's the model that people really need to go to. I don't really like the online business. But unfortunately, that's the way everybody's going right now. So you just got to embrace it. The only other thing I would add to all that is that consumer choices and lifestyles and all that has changed a lot, too. And so, I mean, this business has moved light years from where it was five, 10 years ago. And we talk a lot of times on Tabletop Journal about the speed of business, the speed of change within the the hospitality tabletop category is enormous. Particularly, you were mentioning specifically distribution and how to go to market. But I, I would say in, in other areas as well, too, styles, uh, consumer preferences, something is uh, big or is sort of little, if you depend on how you view it, is sustainability. Now, uh, sustainability wasn't really on the radar screen not that long ago. And now you can't have a discussion in food service without talking about sustainability. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to take a break right now. We're with Seth Iderola, and he is Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Thermotech and Dade Coolers. Is that correct? Have I got that right? Yes, correct. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about back of the house stuff. We've been talking about life after tabletop. And we're going to hear all about what happened to Seth when he jumped out of the tabletop category and went to the back of the house. Right back with more with Seth Iderola. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going on in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back here with Seth Adarola from Thermotech these days. He's the executive vice president of sales and marketing now. And we've been talking about life after tabletop. And there certainly is a life. Thermotech is a big company. Seth is also uh, responsible for Dade Coolers as well. So some strong back-of-the-house brands. And I know before the break, Seth, we were talking about the future of food service. And you were talking about go-to-market strategies and all that. Tell us about Thermotech Dade Coolers and who they are a little bit. Give us a little background on them and how they go to market. Okay. Well, Thermotech is a division of Tecma LLC that is owned by my CEO, Don Pitsley. 
Um, and he acquired the company in April of 2019. Thermatech is a range company that its products are made in West Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Our team of professionals have over 125 years in the manufacture, sales and marketing fields of technology, advanced professional cooking equipment. We always strive to produce premium products that utilize quality materials and workmanship designed to be user-friendly and durable. We also believe that high-quality service extends beyond our product line. That's why we strive to always provide an unprecedented valued experience to our customers. The breadth of our product line starts with our ranges, but we sell everything from custom ranges to custom countertop equipment, fryers, convection ovens, kettles, skillets, salamanders, and charboilers. We do a really good job. We have custom colored ranges as well. So if you have an open kitchen, we actually can do black, red, or blue powder coat on the ovens and the ranges so that it actually has really good color quality for your open kitchen. If you're really interested in looking at our products, you can go to www.thermatech.com and see what we have to offer. Obviously, reach out to me. You'll have my information probably be on the link. That's pretty much Thermatech. I mean, we are a you know U.S.-made range company and definitely have great products. So look look at look for it. Seth, you mentioned it, uh, in the first segment, you mentioned a little bit about uh, you took things that you learned in tabletop and now you're applying them to uh, Thermatech and the, some of the back-of-the-house products that you're currently selling and marketing over there. Tell us a little bit about the synergies that may or may not be between tabletop and buffet wear categories, which you were knee-deep into or you know whatever before, and where you are now in this theme of life after tabletop. What did you take from the tabletop category to Thermatech? I took, I learned a lot at Oneida. I learned everything from obviously budgeting and some marketing materials. I learned how to manage the day-to-day business, which was very vital for me. If there is issues, I was learning how to tackle the issues head on, you know, obviously not push them off to the side. So it was a lot, it wasn't a huge transition. I mean, sales are sales. It's a matter of what I did was I took some of the protocols that I did use over there, how I did dealer calls and user calls. It's kind of the same model where we have reps. So I used a lot of the same, like you said, go to market with both companies. So now I'm just setting protocols in place that obviously allow our reps to make certain calls, use certain discounts, you know, that sort of thing. Just put procedures in in place to be more successful. Yeah, I suppose those same basic sales management skills, they go with you and they apply um, no matter really the category. I mean, there's some fundamentals that aren't really going to change no matter what you're selling, I suppose, as long as it's to the food service category. And and you, you obviously have an affinity for it. What I really love is that you combine both the certainly talk about the Oneida and the tabletop experience, but you also have that dealer experience with Boston Showcase. Yeah. The dealer experience was vital in, in, in this industry now because what I deal with every day is I deal with my reps and I deal with dealers. So to know that that dealer network and, and know what they're going through and what they went through every day when they're selling and they have to collect money and all that sort of little stuff, that's vital. Yeah, that little stuff like collecting money. Yeah, that's small. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I understand, you know, understanding exactly what they're going through would helps me when they're out there making calls and stuff, I can say, hey, you know, when I was there, I did this end user call. and Or what I do now is I go out with the reps and make end user calls. You know, I made so many of them over five years that it helps them as well because I actually have gone to a few reps and they 
have some of their salespeople have never made end user calls. Wow. You know, they're new to the industry or they just, they're nervous about it. Even when I left and went to Oneida, I even went back to showcase with some of the people there and help them on their end user calls. And and you also have, uh, so it doesn't get lost in all this talk about Oneida and showcase a little bit. You also have an operator background because you said you, you've been working uh, in food service for operators and bartending and all that for a long time now. So you ha- you see it from all three sides. Yeah. The bartending side actually was is important as well because obviously I'm technically considered that end user at that point. You know, the yep. sales guys back as a bartender, it wasn't as it wasn't a dealer coming in. It was more of like, you know, beer reps or liquor reps or that sort of thing. But I'm seeing that other side of it as well. So I see all three sides of it all together. What's the reaction been to you at Thermatech? Is this, hey, this new guy wants to go make actually make end user calls with me? People like that, actually. It's not been as many as, I, as I've liked to do because of COVID. Right. But I'm starting to travel. I'm actually going to be going out to a rep, one of our uh, reps in Ohio in the next couple of weeks. And that'll be the first time that I'm actually making, besides local New England calls, sure. going out into other states now and making, making calls. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. In this transition from tabletop and Oneida and uh, front of the house stuff it, it, over to Thermatech and date coolers, what are some of the lessons that you uh, learned over in the tabletop sector that are really playing out well for you in the uh, back of the house category? Well, I think I've learned a lot of things. I learned on the dealer side, like you said, how to make end user calls, work at manufacturers when things are needed and how to you know, give great service because if you didn't give great service, the customers wouldn't come back on a daily basis. That's my main thing is even when I do my trainings with my reps, it's service. It's all about service because everybody has the same stuff. So you just have to prove, you know, that you're loyal and that you're out there for, and you're working for them. A little bit different selling cycle, isn't there uh, for you now than there was when uh, you were selling small wares and buffet and the tabletop? Yeah, actually, I like this selling cycle because what it is, is I'm actually one of the first now where when I was on tabletop, you're one of the last. You're talking about getting into that during the buying decisions. Yeah, during the buying decisions. I mean, the tabletop side of it, they come to you and they say, hey, I got $4,000 and it's three days before they open. What can you get me? And what what can you get me tomorrow? Yeah, that's how it was when we were there. I'm one of the spec items now. So now I'm at the beginning process. They know what they're going to be buying at first because honestly, the kitchen, tabletop is very, very important to the the guest satisfaction, the feel, you know, the ambiance, all that stuff. But the kitchen is more important because of the fact of if you don't have the nice equipment and good equipment, you're not going to be able to produce the food. You know what I mean? And that's the, the the first step is that kitchen equipment now. So it's a totally different avenue for me than what it was before. Was it difficult adjusting to more what I would call, excuse me for using this term, but what I would call more of a technical sale than an aesthetic sale, a tabletop being an aesthetic sale? Yes, there's some technical parts to it. Does the dinnerware hold up? Is it 1810 flatware? I got that. But at the end of the day, to me, tabletop is is about design, quality, price, that kind of thing, how it fits in with my decor, more of an aesthetic. To me, back of the house would seem more, much more like a technical sale. Yeah, definitely. Technical sale is so many things out there. I mean, obviously, you know, some people, you know, convection ovens is combi ovens is a whole different line of things that people use. We are actually in a small sector where we have 
basic equipment. We do a great job with our convection oven, our custom ranges, and all that sort of things. The new trend nowadays is some combi ovens, some other things. But we do a great job on our, you know, our ranges and our convection ovens, fryers, and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's definitely technical. They want to, you know, they have. There's a lot more technical questions, especially for me, who's been there three months and just learning the stuff. People are calling me asking me these technical questions, and I'm just getting back to them with answers. You know what? I was just thinking as you're describing that. I was just thinking about the challenges of moving a life after tabletop again, uh, moving out of your comfort zone, which had been a comfort zone for more or less ten years, and moving into an area that where you had to learn technical components and, and the technical specifications of the products, and you had to sell in a very very different way. That's a difficult transition for some people to make, I think. And you seem to have adjusted very well. And, and and I can tell by the smile. I hear the smile in your voice. And I want our listeners to hear the smile in your voice. I know you're happy. And you're an upbeat guy anyway. But I, I, I still sense that this has been a challenge and it's been a new change of scenery and it's done you some good. Yeah. I mean, definitely at first it was a challenge. You know, obviously I'm Thinking, like you said, 1810, vitrified alumina, yeah, full-drawn stems, you know, glassware, which was my everything when I worked at Oneida. But it's definitely been a change, but I, I'm embracing the role and we're doing very well. So deals are coming in. You're happy, you know? It seems like it. It seems like you are happy. And that, and that's great. And that's one of the messages that I want to uh, convey to some of our listeners who, you know, granted, may be wondering if there is going to be a life after tabletop. And, and I, I think you're, you're a living proof that there is. Any advice that you might have for those people that are sort of maybe, again, back where you were? I would just You said before that the, the industry is coming back. No question. But uh, how should they do? I mean, I, I just say take it one day at a time. You know what I mean? Keep your head high. There is things out there. I mean, I see more and more and more ads every day for sales help and people looking for salespeople. I know that the tabletop industry, I mean, I had more interviews than just with Thermatech when I left Oneida. People were out there. People were talking. Stuff is going to come back slowly. I mean, it's not as fast as we anticipate. But people are looking and a lot of people that I know in many different tabletop companies have have launched on with other companies. And it seems like a lot of people are, you know, not leaving tabletop, but the other manufacturers, the heavy equipment side are starting to really pick up faster than the tabletop. People are moving into the the heavy equipment side and it's, you know, it's not a bad side. There was always that little, hey, you're in tabletop, you're, you're in heavy equipment. You know, I mean, there was always that double side. It was like people that did TV and movies, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't cross lines. <laughs> TV and movies. I love that analogy. Yeah. You know, everybody is moving where they are. We have children and, you know, houses and like I said earlier and stuff. So definitely got to pay the bills. Yeah. I, I think we all sometimes, I wouldn't say get comfortable, but, but we get to a place where we're really enjoying what we do. We're committed, we're passionate, whatever you want to say. And then the world changes. And sometimes we need that push and maybe COVID, maybe that's one of the silver linings of a, of a COVID situation is it's given a lot of us in this industry a little bit of a push to either rethink our career path or perhaps to upskill, develop our skill sets, and, uh, and which we should all be doing anyway. Seth, I've got a re- I always save the toughest questions for last, Seth, and this is a surprise question. You're an experienced bartender, food service guy, whatever. When it comes to adult beverages, what's your drink of choice? 
That's a big pregnant pause. Um, well, because there's so many of them out there. <laughs> what I do is I catch myself. I'm not a huge drinker. Yeah. But depending on what it is, I have either, you know, I'm from Boston, so I'm a Bud Light guy. Okay. Not a cocktail guy. Not even a Sam Adams guy. Not a Sam Adams guy. I'm a, you know, I'm a go Patriots guy. There you go. <laughs> Bud Light guy, but I like a good Grey Goose and Cranberry. There you go. In the old days, we would call that a Cape Codder, maybe? Cape Codder, yep. Just something subtle. So nothing crazy. I mean, there's a lot of drinks out there. And it's funny you say that because every time I work, someone will come in with a drink that either they got at another restaurant that someone made up. Sure. And they'll ask me how to make it. The only thing that's good nowadays is you got Google. So you can pretty much make anything. So. There you go. There you go. Hey, next time, this has been a great session, Seth. I've really enjoyed having you on here. And the next time when we have you back, we're not going to talk about suppliers at all. We're going to talk, get all the bartending stories that Seth has. How about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> bartenders always have the best stories. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Not too many of the PGs, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We'll do the disclaimer right up front. I want you to give me the Thermatech and the Dade Cooler sites again before we take off. Okay, it's uh, www.therma-tech.com and www.dadecoolers.com. That's great. Seth Iderola, everybody, Executive Vice President for Sales and Marketing for Thermatech and Dade Coolers. Is that correct? Yes. Thank you, Dave. Well done. Well done. Seth, it's been great having you with me today. And I'm sure your thoughts on transitioning out of tabletop and into the life after tabletop is really going to help a lot of our listeners. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving it to us straight and unvarnished. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.